Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her in suffering. Classic. Because that's what we're talking about. My name is Summer and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And Joy, nothing about recording a podcast with you has anything to do with suffering. It is a... Oh, wow. It is a joy <laughs> and a delight. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And the part of me that uh, doesn't have a compliment wants to say the same thing to you. (laughs) Sometimes people do think we are the same person. Right. So, you know. In some ways we are. In some ways we're exact opposites. Yes. It's great. I I like our differences. Yeah. It's a very... um, What's the right word? It's a very... If yin and yang was a thing, right? I feel like we'd have it, right? You know? Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's it. Yeah, we. I think we would be. We would be a lot more boring. Oh yeah. If we didn't have some differences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my husband the other day was like, "I mean, your guys' dynamic is like ninety percent of the show." <laughs> I was like, "Wow, we well, have- that's a huge compliment." <laughs> Do we have that little to say? Right. <laughs> um, I don't think he said ninety percent. Right. That was probably just me being dramatic. So what you're saying is, I should start hitting Eric up for compliments <laughs> to give you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I don't know what was up today. I just. I don't think it wasn't that I couldn't think of compliments. It was just that... We um, had so much going on. Well, I just kept saying, I'll write that compliment down. Yeah. And then I never did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're right. You are joy. You're, you're right. I am joy. And Summer, I want you to know that my lack of compliment has does not mean in any way, shape, or form that there are no compliments to be given. I think this also exemplifies... A difference between us that's important is that I also didn't write compliments, but I don't require as much thought before I speak. <laughs> like you, you'll take six hours to write a tweet. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. Joy, let me yeah. tell you this thing. Or like in my life, maybe people who know this can testify to this. There'll just be three weeks where it's like I'm a little bit off about something. I can testify to this. And then. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the three weeks, I'll be like, here is a dissertation on what's been happening for yeah, the yeah, last yeah. three weeks. Here's why I've been feeling all those feelings. Yeah. Here's exactly Which what's happening on. see right. because I didn't let it. I just, I just stopped talking. I'm totally an assessor. Yes. Like I assess yes. and I need to like take apart mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to talk about something until I know. Right. Until I figure it out. Right. What is, what was your Myers-Briggs again? E-N-F-J? That makes sense because I'm an E-S-T-P. We're exact opposites. Okay, yeah. I mean, just Except so you guys e. know, Myers-Briggs is a total hack. Right. Not a real thing. Right. But it's kind of fun to, you know, who doesn't like to take a test and answer questions about themselves? Right. You can't fail and you get to talk to right. yourself. And Everyone there's going to be it. something nice at the end. Right. Some, oh, let me read more about me. Right. So great. I mean, that's, by, that's like part of the reason why BuzzFeed's got it going on because you can find out like what, what nail polish of, color you're wearing yeah. based off of the kind Riverdale of characters you, like. you picked. <laughs> right. Right. It's great. It's perfect. <laughs> Which I've never seen that show, but yeah, I've just seen it. Netflix show, right? I've or, seen a terrible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Hi. So we're here today. We are here today. What are we talking about? We're talking about suffering. We are. What does it mean to suffer? I think I said something about suffering well yeah and we were, that, yeah that was like the mm-hmm, that got us thinking yeah about this topic but we have oh, not, it was the title and it was your was title like, can we name can we name this okay because <laughs> normally um 
Normally, I name the episodes, which is why the titles are so horrible. But like, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Well, I'm still waiting on your haiku. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I told you five years. Five years. Okay, <laughs> in five years we'll see your haiku. <laughs> but um, I think this this topic is important for a lot of reasons. I think that it's something. Um, I mean, let's just be real. When we talk about suffering in the year 2018 in America, it has a totally different right. connotation um, than, you know, the first Christians in the early centuries would have known. Right. And that's not to in any way um, say that we don't know what suffering is because I think every person who's ever been born right. <laughs> understands suffering, no right. matter their economic status or location or time. Um, you're born into a sinful world, you're going to suffer. Right. Um, we're not Buddhists and we're not going to, you know, go full. All of life is suffering. Right. Um, but. It's, some of it is. Some of it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a sinner and everyone around you is a sinner and it's going to cause a lot of pain and a lot of heartache. Right. And um, I just, as I was thinking about this topic, was wondering, like, what would, if we were, second century, third century Christians, what would we be saying? Yeah. Um, which is why. Hopefully the same thing. Oh, exactly. So which is why, <laughs> um, because we have the scriptures, hopefully we'll be saying a lot of the same things. Right. Um, but anyway, why did you want to talk about suffering? Um, suffering is, I mean, it's so like you've already touched on it. There's sort of a general implication to this topic um it's very applicable to the groups that we usually discuss or try and speak to or engage with um but also just i mean like you just said too i we both personally struggle with pain mm -hmm. or anything and this is just sort of an area that like suffering well is sort of an area that um god's working mm -hmm. on me in and he's i should say the main reason why i wanted to do the episode is because he has been faithful mm -hmm. um to protect me and give me peace and he has been faithful to tell me how to suffer well. Oh. Um, the, which is a promise that he gives. Yeah. Um, so I think a very foundational place to start, something that I just kind of wanted to say, um, is that uh, suffering or not isn't the issue. So this is something that we all do. If what, if what you're trying to do is not suffer, I hear you. Uh -huh. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll fail. Yes. Um, so I want to I want to talk about why we suffer. Can we suffer? Um, like. Yeah. Let's just go. OK. Well, I I lied to you earlier. I, that wasn't a lie. I did. I forgot. So I told you I was mostly going to be pulling from the book of Mark, but I think um, there's a there's a verse in Philippians that's a great place to start. Okay. Um, and it's Philippians one twenty nine, which says, "For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in Him, but also suffer for His sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have." Um, so here's something so not American and not natural to our sin nature is that this verse actually says that suffering is something that has been granted to you. Right. Uh, which means that God is sovereign over your suffering and he has actually given it to you. Yeah. Um, and since we know that all things work together for good for those who love Jesus, that, that means that our suffering is something that God is working for our good. Right. And that he's given to mm -hmm. us. Yeah, that definitely comes into play. I had something I had in my notes was uh, 2 Corinthians 9 
And so the context of Second Corinthians is it's a letter to the Corinthians. Um, and Paul at this time is being slandered. Mm-hmm. Um, his ministry, people are uh, questioning if he is legitimate and if he's been lying and if he's a swindler and not just questioning, but many people believe that he was. So he, in in Second Corinthians, he um, is being affected by a very, um, a very relatable kind of pain, which yeah. is the kind of pain that comes from betrayal, the the sort of interrelational pain. Yeah. Um, which just like you said proves that there's there's it's not like a spectrum of pain. But there are different kinds of things, and we've all felt them, whether we have had to martyr ourselves or not. Right. Um, right. And so, um, oh gosh, let me see. I meant to have uh, this computer just like. Oh, I feel you, girl. Sprung. Computer problems. Uh, what am I? They're really causing me to suffer. This isn't even the right passage. <laughs> <laughs> my finances are suffering because of my computer problems. Just all of it. Well, and so that's, I mean, that's like stuff that I want to, I feel really unorganized right now. It's okay. Did I say? You said 2 Corinthians. I know, but I said 2 Corinthians 9. And what I meant was, Twelve. <laughs> Why am I saying? 12. Why am I saying nine? I don't know. Number. I said that hard. before we started too. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm really sorry, guys. the The context of it is still the same. Yeah. Um, but twelve is really what I'm looking for. Um. So, essentially, Paul is suffering. He's asked God to remove this thorn from him again, yeah. assuming that God has given it to him. Right. Um. And verse nine says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So it's a thorn given to us by God that we we should be humble before him yeah and so i one of my pet peeves is like imperfect metaphor like or imperfect comparisons between two things okay but i just had this so take this with a grain of salt it's not a perfect comparison taking it but i was just kind of thinking about like the ecosystem that we exist in with god like god in us Mm -hmm. and like what is our natural place where we are most efficient Mm -hmm. like where are we supposed to be as a species okay on our knees before the lord humble yeah so um it is a humility is the prescription to pride yes (laughs) and would it surprise you that god would give us this thorn to keep us in subjection to him Right. So that we could know our place right. in this world right. that was made by him in our, in this world before a holy God. Yeah. Um. And and so suffering it it seems confusing and uh, there are some, you know it depends on where you're at theologically. I would hope that people who are listening to us are still asking the question, like why would a good God cause suffering? I'd like to think that our audience. Mm-hmm is spans Mm -hmm. like different levels of theological knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, But so there's all kinds of examples of suffering in the Bible. Um, To me, suffering, it's not the actually being in pain and grieving over something is not an act of unfaithfulness in and of itself. No, it's not. Uh, God grieves there you see these thorns mm-hmm. as paul put it yeah. all throughout yes i mean paul himself we have david right joseph i mean job I think, jesus I think of, yes <laughs> the, the suffering servant himself right yes. so suffering is not something that wasn't intended when the right. fall right happened right um and so uh it is a thing that we're allowed to do but the the point for me is 
you're grieving, Mm -hmm. where do you go? So sometimes things happen to you. Sometimes you're in chronic pain. Sometimes there's death, uh, financial struggles or um, physical assault or betrayal or loneliness. Yes. The thing is, is that the grief that comes from those legitimate things Mm -hmm. um, is real. Yes. But our faithfulness is what comes after. Right. So you feel grief. Right. What do you do? Like your next action right. is what determines your faithfulness or your lack of faithfulness. And it determines what you value as well. Right. Yeah. Like in this moment, are you going to value your feelings, your hurt, your pain, uh, your suffering over using these things for the glory of God? Right. Um, cause well, you can honor God in your suffering and you can dishonor him in your suffering. Um, and I, th- yeah, it was, um, what is it? James two, which talks about, um, how your, I'm doing this again, this thing that we talk about and I don't know this Bible and I'm looking for the place that it belongs. Right. Um, how these trials that God sends you, they, God sends them to you yeah, and he sends you um, these difficult things in order to test your faith. Um, But it's not to harm you and it's not because a testing of your faith is going to determine whether or not you have faith. Right. Um, It's not like a maniacal thing. Right. He's not like he's not sitting up there playing mastermind. Right. It's for our good and his glory. Right. And so after after James talks about how you're supposed to count it joy. Right. When you meet trials of various kinds, because the, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. A couple of verses later uh, in James 1.12, he says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Um. And this is important and goes back to what you're talking about, like the problem of evil, essentially. How can a good God do this? Right. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And obviously we could do an entire episode on the problem right. of evil and that's not what we're trying to do. Right. But to what you were saying, the suffering, um, these trials, they're, they should be counted as joy and they should be used for the glory of God and right. for the furthering of his His kingdom. Right. Absolutely. I mean, even in uh, 2 Corinthians 12... <laughs> When I referenced that earlier, not yeah. when I referenced Second Corinthians nine earlier, because that was not the right passage. Um, so I started in nine when I was reading, but in seven, essentially, Paul says, he, "Well, he says so to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of my revelations. A thorn was given me in the flesh, and it's a se- and that's what I mean by this whole like. So I I thought ecosystem because there is a balancing that occurs because of God's amazing design that there are certain things that exist Mm -hmm. to like restabilize. Yeah. Well, haven't you ever felt that I, this happens, this happens in, in our walks where you'll go through, I think all of us can think back to a time um, where we were going through something horrible. We're experiencing something, experiencing something terrible and then don't you feel at times incredible guilt because you think about how how much better was your prayer life during that rough season? Right. How much better was your Bible reading during that rough season? How much how much more um, listening in earnest during the Sunday sermon were you right. during that season? And then you think, man, I what happened to me? Like, why am I not? What happened to that person who right. who? is hearing the word of God and, and is dissolving in tears with right. how, how sweet it is. Right. Um, and then I think, you know, obviously uh, that guilt is not something we should live with. We go through seasons and, mm-hmm. and um, but God has a purpose in them. Think about how 
Well, and there's, and that's what I mean. There's like that peace there. Yeah. There's like a weird peace that comes with humility that only the Christian has a way to explain. Yeah. Because so our world deals with our, our world. Um, they seek our culture specifically seeks only to exalt man, exalt themselves. Yeah. So when the world suffers, the most they can do is grow out of humility again and get back to exaltation yeah. of self. Yeah. And so um, you do. And, well, and so this is the thing is I see because on the opposite end of what you just described is that I see a lot of Christians buying into that, myself included. I have definitely bought into that. Um, that like exaltation is the place to get back to. But the point is, is that when you're humbled, that's actually when you're right before God. Right. That's the moment when you got right. Yeah. Because that's who you are. Yeah. In front of a holy God. Yeah. Is humble. Yeah. And calling out to him. Mm -hmm. And so a big thing, you know, even just in the past like few weeks as I've been like dealing with some of my own personal stuff, like I realized that you you can't go to the Bible to quantify what grief is or decide determine what be, what what gets you get to grieve over mm-hmm. and then not go to the Bible to see how you're supposed to grieve. Right. Yes. And that's what we do. Yeah. So we have we have this explanation for why grief exists, for why pain and suffering exist. Yes. But then what we do is we handle it like the world, which yeah. is the minute we're humbled, we we see the sign of health there would be to be exalted again. Right. But when you're humbled, that is the moment in your life where you mm-hmm. are where you're supposed to be. Yep. Yeah, no, completely. And um, so something I'm hearing a lot about now. Well, so here I feel like so us in the world, we have different starting points for how to view suffering. So for right. the world, they're only without God, you know, basically their only morality is going to be when I feel pain, it's bad. Right. As long as you're not hurting someone else, it's fine. Of course, they can't define what hurting someone else is because they rip people's, you know, baby's arms off in the name right. of compassion. So they don't really know what hurting is either. All of that to say, um, I think our starting point for understanding suffering should be Uh, When Jesus said in Mark 8, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. So essentially there's there's two people here. There's uh, the person who uh, has to deny themselves. So you've got someone who needs to be denied and someone who's willing to deny themselves. And this is this is the new man. This is the this is the man after the new birth is able to deny himself, which speaks to the indwelling sin that Paul speaks of in Romans. Right. Um, And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go read Romans real quick. (laughs) Um, It's like most of it is that. (laughs) Right. It's that. Um, But so this there's this idea here that true life true life is found in taking up a cross and what is a cross a cross is an ancient torture device right and so i think we're really moving as christians right now um to this this very therapeutic idea of christianity yeah. i'm hearing a lot about um the importance of soul care right and and how uh, the answer to suffering is going to be a focus on soul care. Mm-hmm. And there is, of course, an element um, of shepherds feeding their sheep. Oh, yeah. In the context of the church. Um, but well, and we're certainly not against therapy. Or caring or, for your soul. Right. Yeah, obviously. absolutely not. That's um, not what this is. But soul, the idea of of soul care can only be rooted in an understanding that... Um, you have to lose your life right to save it right and that's what i mean like you're 
the moment, so we're all about being self-actualized in our society, but the moment when you're most self-actualized is when you are most low. Yes. Because it is the most accurate picture of you before God. Yes. And we're given so many images in scripture of pouring ourselves out in the service of others, laying our lives down, carrying an ancient torture device on our backs. And yet our culture wants us to focus on, uh, you know, it's kind of what Rachel was talking about where it's like, oh, you know, you're a mom, you're having a bad day. The best thing you can do is go, go pamper yourself. Right. Um, when really what we should now, it's true that we do need to feed ourselves with the word and we do need to take oh, care yeah. of ourselves. None of those things are untrue, but all of those moments should be focused in a direction. If, if it's that you're a mom and you're having a rough time and you need a break, you're refuel. You should be refueling so that you can go back and serve your family. The focus right. shouldn't be. I just need to get away from y'all to be fine. The focus should be, how can I be with the Lord, take a breather, remember who my king is, so that I may go back to pour myself out again and again and again and again and again and suffer more and more and more for the sake of others. If the focus is solely on yourself so that you can feel good about yourself and what you're doing, you're not taking up your cross. You're not denying yourself. You're filling your selfish desires. You're, you're exalting getting, self. You're exalting yourself. You're getting stuck. You're getting stuck in this cycle of I got to pour myself out for you guys, and then I got to I got to take a step back, and I got to I got to love myself for a minute so right. that I can. And, but it's like no, if you're taking I get less than I got four kids. Right. I know what it means to need a a breather. Right. But the point is, is, if the breather that I'm taking is so that I might just exalt myself and feel better about myself, and it's not a specific intentional breather so that I may gather more strength, so I may carry right. that cross better, Right. I'm not humbling myself. I'm exalting myself. Right. I'm not suffering well. I'm not believing Jesus when he says that whoever... Uh, tries to save his life will lose it. That's trying to save your own life right. in that moment. You're not dying to self in that moment. Um, when your breather, your break from something difficult is just so you can feel better about yourself. Right. You need to work out some muscles. You need to pray right. and prepare to go back so that you might be carry that cross better. Right. Well, and of course, like I do want to make And maybe I did make this distinction well already, but I want to do it again. Do it again. (laughs) Because my brain's turning off just a little bit. But so um, in the episode you guys will hear next week, we give you a recommendation. I give you a recommendation. And so this will sound a little bit familiar. Um, But I want to. I want to like refocus before your brain is going off in too many directions in regards to pain. Okay. So Craig Bonson calls this what we're talking about. He calls this the fainting heart. It doesn't mean like you're faint hearted or you're weak. It means that you are struggling. Like you are coming, you are, yeah, <laughs> you are having. And so I'm, I'm not just talking about necessarily like when you talk about being a mom, you're not just talking about being overwhelmed. You're talking about with, the stuff, the really, really hard stuff that comes with serving your family. Yeah. And so what we're talking about, we're not talking about suffering in like, oh, and then I just didn't have any time for myself. We're <laughs> right. talking about like moms who who feel the loss of self yeah. because now they're taking care of other people. Sure. We're talking about the the fainting heart, the heart that is seriously almost unable to yeah. go on. Yes. We're talking about... um ultimate betrayal yeah we're talking about um just incredible loneliness or failure or having zero dollars yeah and having to pay your rent yes um we're talking about the death of a spouse or a child i mean like this is not just like oh yeah i bring my everyday things to god do that please definitely do that but these moments that we're talking about those are the moments when it will be hard yes it will be hard because there is pain and we don't like pain no um and so i just hopefully that's okay but i that i 
revisited that, but I just want to be really clear that we're not talking about the faint heart. We're talking about the fainting heart. Yeah. The heart that is like dying. You're in so much pain. You feel like you can't. And sometimes what that's accompanied with is it accompanied by is you feeling like you can't do anything other than sit in your pain. That's completely legitimate. I, I did that this week. Oh yeah. This week I felt so I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah. I just, (laughs) yes. And and that's what I'm saying. And that's why I think it's good. You revisited that because I don't want to make it sound like I'm making fun of moms who feel like they need a break because I, my husband can tell you, I hit a wall this week where, um, we have so been dealing with the same issues and it's so discouraging and disorienting to, uh, you know, it's that moment where you're sowing a seed and you become convinced that there will never be any fruit from it. Right. And it's so discouraging. Um, and when you're, I, I believe me, when you have a lot of little kids, I, I get that. I know right. there comes that moment where one of them asks if they can use the crayons and you can't even answer the question right. because you're in such train wreck mode right. that you're just thinking of, of 10 things. Oh, now everyone's going to need a crayon and then the little one's going to eat a crayon. And then, but I need you guys to wash your hands because, oh, wait, I haven't made dinner yet. So don't wash your hands. Right. And you, you can't function. You're yeah. so discouraged. There's been so much heartache already in the day. Yeah. You cannot even function anymore. Right. And you're thinking, I can't wait till my husband gets home so I can have a break. Now. Also, you've been doing this for the past, however old your children are. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and this is, and you're, there's no end in sight for you right. in this moment. Right. We Listen, I understand. My encouragement is, and I have been. We have all done it. I have been the one that's like, I just need, I just need to get out of the house. And that's fine. And it's fine. But here's what I'm saying. Here's what I learned is that when I took that moment to just get out of the house for my sake, I didn't come back feeling any more peaceful. Right. Those I'm getting out of the house. I need a breather. If you need to refill your tank, do it intentionally and remember that you're not getting you're not taking a break from this pain you're not you're not going to go invest in some soul care the best thing you can do if you really want your soul to be cared for is to go to the lord the one who saved it the one who saved your soul and (laughs) and and loves your soul right and feed on that right so that you may go back to to empty yourself again Well, and that is the that is the real solution. It is okay to go to self care, whatever. I don't. I'm not saying the other one because I just hate it. Um, <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, so it sounds like Oprah. Like self care is a is a great tool to manage stress and things like that. But when we're talking about the fainting heart, the mm-hmm. heart that is done and feels like it's dying, and usually it's an emotional pain that like is so intense you feel physical pain yeah yes um and so self-care is not going to fix that no there's nothing wrong with occasionally having doing self-care go exercise or get a massage that's fine we're not poo-pooing any of that i just said it again (laughs) oh my gosh what the heck is this like a thing I say all the time no you have never now i'm just self-conscious about it because you you like I can't function. I'm sorry. (laughs) But so the point is, is that if when you have real, real pain, Mm -hmm. like the pain we've described, yes, those things are only a counterfeit. They will work for, they were, they will appear to work Mm -hmm. for a period of time. Yes. But they will not help what's happening. And they do not acknowledge the truth about what's happening, which is what we were talking about with humility versus pride and where you stand before God. And, um, so I, I do, I, another one of the passages that I had was Psalm 61 Ooh. and this is right this time guys. I love. Psalm. And so, um, I'm just going to read do the it. first little part of it. Okay. Hear my cry. Oh God, listen to my prayer from the end of the earth. I call to you when my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against my enemy. So I just want to acknowledge that right now, so you'll find many of, like a lot of this theme Mm -hmm. is in the Psalms, of course. 
lots of crying out to God. But yes. the point is, is that, so I want to establish that David was suffering and in pain and, and most likely in a way that a lot of us can't understand because we were never a king. Um, <laughs> oh, really? So, right. Okay. Good point. So, yes. so I just want to, I just want to use him and the Psalms are many great examples in the Psalms, but this one specifically. Um, so he's suffering and this is what he does. He cries out yes. to God. Yes. He says, hear my prayer. Yeah. And then he says, I feel far from you, mm -hmm. but I'm going to call out to you anyway. Yeah. He, sa he says, my heart is faint. Yes. And then he says, you are stronger than me. Yes. I know. I acknowledging that is. And it, so it's like this, it seems so like just a simple piece of poetry to the Lord, but like this is what he did. Yeah when he was suffering. Yeah. And I think a lot of suffering can be mitigated if we choose to really take God at his word and believe his promises. Right. And this is Psalm 61 is a great example of David believing in God's promises. Um, because he's essentially saying like you, for you, Oh God have heard my vows. God promises to hear us cry out to him and he's crying out to him. Well, yeah, in, in Psalm 56, it talks about, what is it? Oh, gosh. Like him, you have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Right. Like another part of what Paul is acknowledging here is that God cares about him. Yeah. Like he cares when you cry out. Yes. And that is something that I think we have gotten so far from. And that was my main struggle. My main realization is that I was living as though... Like, I care. know that he cares and that he yeah. loves me. But in my day to day, that was not what was true. That's not what you're living like. And right? and that if you if you are having a problem with that. Yeah. That suffering is not going anywhere. It's going to affect everything. Right. Yeah. Well, and so here's something I would love your 10 cents on. OK. Um. So when we. Okay, I'll give you a little example and then I'll make it broader. Uh, suffering is legitimate. And so, okay, as a, as a mom, um, there are 10 million ways every day that your kids might disrespect you. They might just not care for you. And it's painful when that happens. Yeah. And, but at the same time, you're still called to pour out your life for them. So there's an injustice happening, right? Mm -hmm. There's a breaking of God's law, right? There's disobedience. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's not okay. We're, we should stand up to injustices. Right. Um, we should teach our children to obey. Right. But despite that, we're still called to heap grace and mercy right. and love and lay our lives down for our children. And this happens in basically every human relationship. Right. But I already talked about motherhood. So, okay. Right. Um, there's a cultural conversation going on that I don't think has an answer for that question. Okay. There seems to be a conversation going on where uh, we are so rightly focused on wanting justice when injustice is happening that there are some who it feels to me like when you prescribe the gospel as the antidote, don't really like that answer or mm -hmm. will say, well, it's not really that simple or saying the gospel is enough. Like, yeah, the gospel is enough, but like, can't you just let me sit in my pain for a minute? Or are you, do you really care about injustices if you're saying, well, the gospel is enough? How are you going to put feet on that? Um, I have a hard time with that question because it seems very clear cut to me that embracing the gospel, embracing carrying your cross and following Jesus and laying your life down, um, believing in that uh, is the answer to a lot of pain. Now, that doesn't mean your pain is going to disappear like that. Well, that was that was not a that was not in 
I missed that in Psalm 61 where he said, and I know that after I pray this, you're going to take it all away. <laughs> right. I know that. Right. Well, so how do we how do we talk about this uh, when we're what is the lie facing us? What's the difficulty in having this conversation about suffering? What what is it? Well, and that's what I mean. Like there a lot of people want to jump around. They want to ask the question, like, why would God cause suffering? Why do I have to suffer? Mm-hmm. Why are there things that I will stop suffering mm-hmm. and things I will continue to? And so I think That's like a great question. <laughs> I mean, I think that the point is, is that we we shouldn't be jump like, first of all, even just from a critical thinking perspective, you can't have one conversation with three different questions jumping around like you jumping all over the spectrum. Yeah. Is indicating to me that it's indicating to me a bad argument. Yes. First of all. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Yep. S- second of all, when you give this simple prescription to pain, mm-hmm. it does not mean that pain is simple. Right. And, and if pain, if suffering, if the purpose of suffering is really humility, mm-hmm. then we're supposed to be there forever. Right. Um, right. So what that looks like is that there may be things mm-hmm. that you feel pain over mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a, it's not a question of, do I, do I deserve to feel this pain mm-hmm. over many things? Many things you deserve to feel pain over. Like it's, it's, Sure, it's a result of your sin. Right, sure. It's a result of your sin or sin against you or, you know, whatever the case may be. But like I said, mm-hmm. if you're here to be faithful, mm-hmm. if that is why you're here, if you're here as a Christian to be faithful, your question shouldn't be, well, like, I don't really, I don't really like that kind of being faithful. I right. kind of want to try this kind of faithfulness where I'm faithful, mm-hmm. but also I get to sit in my pain. Right. Um, because God has instructed you mm-hmm. with how to suffer. Right. So you don't get to ignore that. Right. Um, and I would say that that's really what it is. It's a, f- it's fundamentally right. ignoring that God has given you a command in this area. Right. We're acting as though we didn't get the solution to right. pain. And so we s- were sort of going with the world's perspective right. or the world's type of therapy or whatever. Right. And, and it's just ignoring, like, okay, I get it. You may not like it, yeah. but here it is. And, and it's, not, it's not simple. I, we're not, I'm not trying to reduce anyone's feelings into this thing where it's like, oh, we'll a just formula. cry out to God. Right. right. Here's a formula for your suffering. Right. Do these three steps and then you're good. That's right. not it. But what do we see with all of these examples of suffering in the Bible? You meant it as evil against me, but God God, meant it for good. That's right. Uh, People are slandering. The Corinthians are slandering Paul. Right. He's been betrayed by people that he pastored essentially. Right. And he said, when I'm weak, then I am strong. Right. And God, you gave this to me to keep me where I am because you've come to me a lot. You revealed yourself to me quite a bit. Yeah. And so in order to keep me from thinking I am some great, great godly guy that is equal to you. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. And do you really like, okay, so this is this. We didn't get from Paul his life story Mm -hmm. about the time he spent in Corinth. Right. (laughs) But we know it didn't. The pain of that didn't just go away. No, the pain. David's pain didn't just go away after he he wrote this right. to God yeah. after you cry out to God, that's never promised. Right. And, and when you're, if all you're looking for is not to suffer, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. you're going to fail. Yeah. Yes. You're absolutely that, going to fail. Like you just, if, if, especially if there's something that was something that's the result of your sin or someone else's sin, yeah. like if it's really real and it really happened, like then you're, you're, there's going to be pain associated with it. Yep. So instead of focusing on not suffering, mm-hmm. instead of focusing on exaltation of self, mm-hmm. which would be not suffering, like exalting your not right. suffering is 
exaltation of self. I don't want to feel pain. It's the opposite of denying yourself and carrying an ancient torture device. And so when someone says like, that's just too simple, they're just saying, well, I don't like, I don't like that. I have to call out to God. I like the way I'm doing it. Right. And you know what? I've like, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there for a long time and I've sat in so much pain and anxiety and shame just forever. Right. Because it's, um, we all want to turn inwards and focus right. on ourselves. It is, it is what you are born right. with. It is the, it is the natural inclination of your heart to look to yourself, to elevate your feelings above truth, right? To elevate your pain above what God's promises. Um, we all want to do it. The thing is, is are we going to fight it? Are we gonna right? Are we gonna take every thought yeah. captive? Or are we going to turn to our very therapeutic society and take cues from them? Right. Um, and ultimately, you know, what is your standard? What is your baseline for even understanding suffering? Do we really think of these moments, these painful, awful moments as gifts granted to us right. from God that we can, that tests our faith, that glorifies him? Do we, do we have such a miss, have we so mishandled God and who we think he is that we honestly think that suffering doesn't come by his hand? It does come by his hand. And that's a hard truth. Yeah. That's a hard truth. But we read it. It's right there. Right. This is the testing of your faith. Suffering is promised to you. If you are a Christian and you haven't suffered yet, it's coming. You're ignoring a lot of things. <laughs> and it's coming <laughs> it, because it is promised to you. And it is it is something that God uses to grow you. And um, something my dad talks about is, uh, and I, I love this, and I, I have moments where I have to remind myself of it all the time, is that uh, we don't, we need to remember that we don't see all that God is doing. Right. And God is weaving together a tapestry and we might see a millimeter of, have you ever seen the backside of a tapestry? Mm-hmm. It's ugly. It's just yeah. these threads that right. make no sense. There's no picture. If you're standing on the back end of a tapestry that's being woven together, you have no idea right. what is on the other side. And we are so small yeah. <laughs> compared to God uh, that we're on the back end of the tapestry. We have no idea what the picture is. And we might see a hair's breadth right. of the tapestry that right. God is making, maybe. Um, and we forget that because right. pain comes to us and and we freak out. We 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 forget that you are you are supposed to be carrying a cross. Right. And that doesn't mean we uh we're trying not trying to encourage a glorification of suffering. No. Although we are promised that suffering is for your future right. glory. Right. That is absolutely true. That's what James says. Um, and so whenever we are dealing with grief or suffering or pain, um, man, I'm glad I'm not a pastor. Right. Because the pastoral care, I mean, I'm thinking of the times that that Jeff has had to minister to me and how Dude. how hard <laughs> Dude. how hard that must have been. But here's the thing is that uh, Jeff as a pastor, Luke, as a pastor, they never lied to me. Right. They never in my pain. Oh man, there was a lot of love there and there, but you know what? They pointed me to Jesus. They right. all, they never failed. They, they did not allow me to turn inside right. and look at myself to look at the sin of other people. They were always pointing me back to Jesus yeah. And how this moment of incredible pain was ultimately for God's glory. Right. And that never felt uncaring to me because the gospel is the power to save. And right. that's not a platitude. And that is not quaint. Right. Like that is the truth. Right. And it's powerful. Yeah. Well, and you like. <sighs> Sorry, people are trying to get into the studio. Oh right my! Now. Okay. Um, Who's here? Dusty. Mm. Okay. Oh, Zach's got it. 
Just okay. in case you guys thought we were fancy. Well, and so, like, I also... Something that... That really resonates. Um, I guess a good question that I could ask is... Um, like, do you believe that Jesus suffered to save you? I mean, like, if you if you think of God as this person... Like, if you think that the gospel, if you think that calling out to God is just an oversimplification mm-hmm. in response to grief. Yeah. Like, I just would like you to consider that God is not far from grief. First of all, there was a thing you explained. You were like, they're not my kids. They can be unloving to me. They don't care. They're disrespectful. And there's grief. And then I still pour out. Mm-hmm. Right. That's God. Right. Jesus knows what that is like. Like they, yes. they, he knows what it's like yes. to love and love and love and be spurned. Yes. And he also knows what it's like to have the most bodily pain yes. imaginable. Yeah. He is not far from this area. Mm-hmm. This is like, this is something that God does too. Yeah. There's there's yes. grief. He doesn't do it like us. No, he does it sinlessly. <laughs> right. I never have. I don't even know what that was like. But yeah, Isaiah 53, he was despised and rejected by man, by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Well, and so, and what, what did, what did Jesus do? before he was crucified he He called out to god called out to god so it's good enough for jesus it should be good and he's god definitely (laughs) good enough for you right and that's what i mean like it's just yeah i get it yeah i get and it, it won't sound that way to everyone but i i get why that sounds like a harsh oversimplified reality but it's because you want to stay in that pain Right. There is some comfort there. There is some exaltation yes. of self there that is happening that is m- making you love your pain, yeah. even though you hate it. Right. Well, it's a form of pride. And right. I think it, it kind of goes back a little bit to what we talked about. When we talked about self-esteem, Yeah. which was the cure for your insecurity, your self-doubt, all of these things is not looking at yourself more it's looking at yourself less and it's looking right. at Jesus more. Right. And if you find that unloving, then I just don't know. You're missing the point. The God that you're serving. Yeah. Because in that moment, you're just serving yourself. Yeah. And I know that sounds harsh, uh, but my goodness, if you, you want to stay enslaved. Right. Then well, stay there. I don't, I don't think it sounds harsh. And here's okay. why. Tell us. I think churches have been babying their members for so long that truth sounds harsh. Yeah. People who, people who should yeah. know that sometimes truth and love come with sort of a gross, like, Oh, I don't like that <laughs> feeling. Yeah. Like, yeah. The amount of churches that don't know that yeah. that are made up of people that don't realize that. Yeah. It's it, painful. I mean, it's, we've it, at this point for the Christian church at large, mm-hmm. it would just be more honest to say, we're not Christians. Yeah. We don't believe the Bible. No. Some of it's good. Some of it's all right, I guess. But that's the thing is you, you unhitch it from the Old Testament. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I think that argument, the reason it seems so simple to me is because it's just, it's extra biblical. Yeah. It's from outside of the Bible. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it's not, God, God gave us, mm-hmm. he, he's showed us, shown us time and time again. Yes. Um, that that this is these are the things you do yeah, when life, you suffer. They don't deviate. No, life is found in carrying a cross. That right. is what Jesus said. Right. If you don't believe it, you don't believe Jesus. Right. And so do you see like life, you see where I was going with like the ecosystem thing, like the moment when we are thriving, like imagine a garden mm-hmm. just lush and thriving. Yeah. It's because things are, there's like the right amount of bugs and the right amount of sun and the right amount of water yep. and wind and people carrying and yep. all this. And it's, so it's like, we're the most, like if you're looking to be 
the best you can be, mm-hmm. it's going to be low. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be low on yes. your face before God. Freedom is, it's, you know, so Jesus talks about how, well, if the son has set you free, you are free indeed. But what is right. freedom? Freedom is being a slave right. yeah. to Jesus. Yes. You are no longer enslaved right. to your sin. And we have we have that image of the of being set free. Right. But what is that freedom really? It's allegiance to Christ. Right. And it but this this is foolishness to the world. It doesn't yeah. make sense to the world. The world needs to know more about your soul care. Well, that's all they what have. You've done for yourself lately and how much pain you're feeling. And if right. something is painful, then you just don't do it. And that is not the message of scripture. Right. And all that will get you is a bunch of golden statues yeah. of everyone yeah. who's ever who isn't saved mm-hmm. that God smashes. Yep. Yep. He they'll mean nothing Literally before him. Vessels of wrath. Literally vessels of wrath. Literally. Romans 9. That's it. That's all I have. How do we even come back from this? I don't do you know. Have anything else? Oh, I don't my. know. It was an intense episode, but I really hope it blessed you because it blessed me just to prepare for it over the course of my whole life, but also. <laughs> I have been preparing. Let me tell you about suffering, okay? <laughs> the point is, is that I, I think the. I guess this is what I want to end with. And I already talked about it a little bit. Say it again. There, There is this peace and comfort that comes from being brought low, which our world tells us is the worst place to go. Yes. Do not be brought low. No. But. Love yourself. In humility, mm-hmm. there is this like, just like overwhelming full yeah. feeling that the world cannot make sense of. They can't, they can't tell you how to find it either. Right. And it comes with calling out to God, mm-hmm. even when he feels far, far from you. Yeah. Because you know. You believe. You believe. His promises. That he loves you. Yes. That he's protecting you. Mm-hmm. And that it's a part of his plan for you to be brought low. Yeah. I And um. I guess my final thought is that this uh the world offers you a treadmill of exhaustion they think that they're they pretend and there are some parts of christianity that do this too and Mm i i faint to call it christianity right right um that they tell you that they're pointing you in the direction you should go to be free from this really they have placed you on a treadmill that has an endless power supply Right. Where you, if you, and you can get off of it the treadmill. It runs on pride. You can get which off. Which will always be around. Yes. You can get off of the treadmill. You can. Yeah. And it's, it's by doing the opposite of what you think. Because your knee-jerk reaction to pain and suffering is usually bitterness, resentment, right. vengeance, running away, um, just self-righteousness, right. justifying your own self. All of these things. Everything but crying out to God picking up your cross, forgiving 70 times seven and trusting God's promises. Right. That is your freedom. You will continue to suffer as long as you're here. But how are you going to view it? Are you going to view it in light of what Jesus says about suffering or what the world says about suffering? Right. That's it. Um, what I really like I I have a legitimate heart for those of you that are listening to this that are suffering with emotional pain, physical pain, like this episode was for you right at least from my part like when I was preparing for this Mm -hmm. this was for you and so I hope I like I know that this episode could never get rid of your chronic pain right Mm -mm. but I hope it helps yeah yeah me too I mean how do we even transition out of that I don't think we can we can't okay so how about we just say see you next week? Yep. Okay, bye. Yeah. Praise God.